Hey, yo, Spike Pit, dude, I'm glad to hear how much gaming you're getting into. That's awesome, dude. And I love that you're switching it up with the different systems. Good for you. Uh, that's that's fantastic. And I, I absolutely feel your pain about running pre-written adventures. I They do not generally bring the best out of me. Uh, and I think my players can usually sense that. I know they... Or at least they say they like it better when I do homebrew stuff. So I'm right there with you. But good on you for giving it a shot, man. I've I've tried it a couple times. We'll probably try it again. <laughs> try it again because I'm a glutton for punishment. But anyway, man. I also wanted to say thank you so much for the two recent book recommendations. I just finished The Old Ways by Robert McFarlane, and it was a fantastic book. Uh, I loved it. So thanks, man. Hi there, I'm Colin Green. You're listening to Spike Pit, but this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind. I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then... This is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. Well, folks, it's 31 in the shade. I've been out for four or more hours in the baking sun, and enough is enough. The spike pit is throwing in the towel and retreating to the shadows um time to record a podcast so what have i been up to joe at the top of the show joe richter talking about some book recommendations so i've been listening to more audible and uh in particular robert mcfarlane joe mentioned his book um the old ways I really enjoyed it and I was more or less giving live recommendations to Joe as I was listening to these books. The other one I particularly enjoyed was his most, I think it's his most recent, Underlands. And that is um, a fine book for for people that enjoy their RPGs because it's it tackles some like really adventurous topics, um, a lot of stuff to do with elemental things like ice and stone and the earth and um, fire and some some really kind of um, interesting and 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 all and fairly disturbing stuff is tackled in the book to do with wars and um death and kind of things that you might not necessarily think would would capture your imagination maybe things well speaking personally things i might want to steer away from a little bit but there's there's a section on um, the catacombs in Paris and some of the history and and what that's all about was was 
totally fascinating. Then there's these um uh the these caverns and, and mine workings in the mountains in Italy uh, and, and around Yugoslavia and these sort of like some fairly war-torn places where um, different cultures have been going at it at loggerheads. There's sort of um, Nazis and um, communists and sort of freedom fighters and all these different people and how their kind of conflict over the years uh, has, has gone underground and uh, I, I can't really do it justice I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish at explaining these things but if you want uh, 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 what I think is a really you know if you're a little bit tired with your appendix N um, th this Robert McFarlane fellow he's, he's put out what I think is a re potentially really RPG relevant, relevant book uh, in the form of Underland, and I, 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 f I mean the audible, the audible version of it, I can um, thoroughly recommend. And whilst we're talking about published material, Joe mentioned um, published adventures. I've been talking a little bit about campaign books in my last episode, and many times. Uh, in in previous episodes I've talked about the struggle that I have running published material because it's not my own I lack that kind of familiarity with it but I can't get away from the value that you get in some of these 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 products you've got a team of people some really talented people in a lot of cases they're piling in the artwork uh, an embarrassment of riches in terms of ideas tables inspirational material maps then there's all the kind of online um, razzmatazz that can potentially co coincide with with a published release um, it's it's something that me as one guy grabbing a few hours here or there can't really hope to replicate. And I'm not saying necessarily I'll, I want to, you know, fully replicate it. But if you pick up one of these books, it's like being presented with this big like buffet of options and you don't have to slavishly follow it. But it is such a rich resource to mine. I'm currently running uh, Tomb of Annihilation, as regular listeners will be aware, because all I t seem to do recently is talk about the jungle. Also, now playing, so I've dropped down from two sessions a week of running 5th edition D&D, and now I'm playing in a game and running a game, and then alternating weekends I'm playing some other stuff. But weekdays, really, it's uh, it's D and D, and it's the current edition. Um, when I'm playing, I'm back to playing my old halfling uh, monk. He's an acolyte of the the triad, 
and we're in Waterdeep. Uh, so my guy Lucian, he's um, very concerned with all the the laws of Waterdeep, and it's a very different style of game. Playing with my kids again, and DM Ricky running the show, and we're we're having a a, a whale of a time. It's it's gone a little bit, uh, I say a little bit. It's gone very investigative recently, but last session uh, we come upon a, um, a where it seemed what seemed like a maybe a what looked like a very violent kind of robbery on a manor. My character being the type of person that he is waded in to make sure that people were innocent people were not getting killed perhaps uh, took out a few of the assailants uh, using my standard uh, modus operandi or my standard method is just to uh, render foes unconscious and then let somebody else decide their fate this this went pretty well um, it was interesting to note that uh, DM Ricky, he's not the most experienced DM. He hasn't been playing or running for that long, but he, he managed to handle the whole business of running online, which he's not familiar with. He's using Roll20. He managed what was a, a, a pretty large combat, so maybe upwards of upwards of 20 individuals um three quarters of them being the bad guys and you, you could see you could see he was he was feeling it a little bit you sense this online when when the sort of like uh the dm glazes over somewhat but i thought he did really well uh the, the kids thoroughly enjoyed it. it it was great fun and kind of one of those sessions where you get a, a sense of reward from it uh, I think he really enjoys delving into sort of the, the published products, as do do I. But we have, on occasion, compared notes and said, oh, you know, the, what's he can be pretty wordy in the way they present things. I, I was actually listening to Ray Otis of Plundergrounds today talking about a similar thing and how there's a tendency to perhaps have... Um, DMs that have run less games, less experienced DMs, you could just read the material and take it um, word for word and end up making a few too many rolls here and there. Or w what I would say, and, and Ray hinted at this, is they're asking you to maybe make an investigation on some, f an investigation, uh, intelligence investigation role on something that really is quite apparent or you imagine obvious and you know if they don't find it it's the old kind of what is often a call a Cthulhu problem or get cited as one where investigation is derailed because people are missing the clues um, so then they're kind of suggesting that you make these roles when really they're not very crucial roles they're not particularly significant roles um so 
if you've DM for a little while, you're more likely to say, okay, so you see this thing, maybe like a bloody handprint or whatever, or an an oily patch of something or other, or scuff marks. You see that, but the role for him, the intelligence investigation role, you could up the difficulty. So rather than messing about of DC 10, you make it a DC 15 and give them sort of a bit of additional information. So they get the basic thing that allows the investigation to progress, but they're actually rolling to get a, a leg up or a, a bit of an advantage. They, they, they kind of discover almost a shortcut or, or something of benefit. And I think that's the way to go. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why, you know, we're talking about some pretty talented designers and writers. Why why they're, they're not doing a little bit more of that, I think. Because it, it seems more interesting because it's juicy nuggets of information. If you, if you um, if as a player, you're sitting there and you're saying, right, I'm going to look around the room and see what I see. And then the, the, G, the DM asks you for a role. For investigation, you start thinking, oh, what have I found here? Let's see if I can get this roll. Oh, yeah, I've got an 18. Ooh, what am I going to find out? And he's like, oh, well, there's a massive patch of blood in the middle of the floor. Uh, you start, you question that in your mind. It's a bit of an anti-climax. But if, if, if the, conversely, if the DM goes, ah, oh, well, you know that, that blood you saw, actually... There's something a bit funny about it. Bloody, bloody, blah. You know, I, th I think that is way better myself. I digress. So, published material, it's a love-hate thing with me, and it sounds pretty much the same for Joe. He's talking about, you know, he's likely to come back to it. And it, 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 it is hard because um, people get so excited about that, that sort of... Um, shared experience of published materials also something that ray was talking about and i've said this part of the reason why i want to follow along with dnd &D and i want to play you know whatever the current version is i i feel like i want to get involved with that and i probably always will is because you know, i just think it's fun to sort of see what's happening that the kind of like the new thing and uh you know, get get swept up in that 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 excitement with a new release. It's a it's a little bit shallow, maybe, but I don't know. I I feel like without that, I I, I just don't really want to feel like I'm missing out. I guess. And uh, same when people talk about old classic modules. If there's some old classic modules that you've not played, and uh, some of the some of the old fellas like myself start chatting on about in search of the unknown and you haven't played it i i think there's a lot of new players perhaps that will be like oh you know what is this in search of the unknown so in some ways it's good that some of the old adventures are coming back and you're seeing things like the tower xenopus in uh ghost of salt marsh for example it, I think it's great if it gets changed. No, no biggie. If it moves, no biggie. Um, it doesn't need to be slave 
slavishly like the original. In fact, I would say I was looking at uh, the hidden shrine of Tamoachan in the Yawning Portal, and I've got to say, I felt it. It's a little bit long-winded in the descriptions, and it's kind of uh, a little bit overwrought. So I'm going to have to simplify it down a little bit. And uh, the uh, Tomb of Annihilation is a big bigger kind of dungeon at the end of that i think i'm going to split that up shrink that down a little bit because i don't think my players have got the patience for that big old dungeon crawl so yeah that's that's my current thinking on some published stuff um big thanks to joe richter for the calling thank you for listening to this spike pit drive-by episode if you've enjoyed the show, consider spreading the word via social media. Take care. Catch you later.